Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes. It's January 26, 2020, and here we are again. Thank you for us TMS listeners coming in for another great show. Here I am, Zeus the Truth, and then also I have my host with me. Mr. Jones, a.k.a. Sam Jones, and Mr. Come First, because you got to respect me. Turn up, turn up, turn up. TMS Sundays, baby. <laughs> okay. Sound like you got a lot of energy, man. Like you ready to pop. <laughs> yeah, but also for the second half, you know what I mean, and see come in. We got to switch it up a little bit today. We want to start it off with entertainment, man. So take it away, Zeus. All right. Before we get into entertainment, man, uh, Yes, I about to say, if you don't know, we're probably going to switch it up. Uh, we're getting the sports the second half of the segment as well. Um, just starting it off first, man. Live at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. Can we give it up for the Grammys for giving the tribute for the Dipsy Hustles? And before I get into that, um, Alicia Keys is also hosting the Grammys as well. This is the 62nd Annual Grammy Awards. Um, they have a good title selection, but a lot of people are really giving it controversy. We'll kind of get into it. I'm not sure you want to start off with it. We're also getting a Nipsey Hussle uh, tribute as well. They also have a couple of uh, rappers and DJs and a couple other people paying a tribute. Let's start off with this, the host. How do you think Alicia Keys is going to do today, bro? To be honest with you, mediocre. Like, I, I didn't get how she got the call to do it again right away after her performance last year. I mean, I mean it but seemed you... seem like everybody's friend. I didn't feel like I was at a show. I felt like I was at her house. So I guess that's the type of host you really want. Like yeah, the host that's of... what I was about to say. I agree with you. I mean, if you think about it, you kind of get the the gracious host of hey I'm welcoming you into my house and then I game I guess if that's what you want from the Grammys then that's good but if you want an entertaining host I would say she's not it per se oh no it's like standard it's cool because they give it the artist to shine like artists usually don't host the Grammys but at the same time I mean, it's always better with like a comedian or somebody up there. Because even like the Academy Awards, like you sleep on it, but Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais killed it. You know what I mean? I don't know, man, but I mean, I'm pretty sure Lisa Keys can do enough to segment to the next thing and the next thing and all of that. But the Nipsey Hustle tribute, I have to say, you know, shout out to them for that, for giving that man his due. Like I said before, and I say it again, it sucks it had to take for him to die in order to get the recognition he deserves. But nonetheless, he's getting the recognition. So, I mean, shout out to the Grammys for that. But um, did you hear who's actually going to be on the tribute? Uh, Yeah. Just off the top of my head, I believe. It was uh, DJ Khaled, I believe YG. Um, okay. I'm gonna pull it up now. They got YG in the Grammys, okay? <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, honestly, he just got released because he had got locked up just right before, like sometime last week, and he just got released. So 
good on that because, you know, most majority of the time when artists reach this platform and they can, you know, use their success or their artistry to shine, they usually get hemmed up before it happens. Pretty much like the situation with 21 Savage. But I have it right here. So, uh, um, so I think John Legend supposed to be there too, for sure. If they're gonna have Cali, they gotta have John Legend. So they probably do the song Higher, yeah. which is dope. Like, it's, Higher is dope. It's Meek Mill, John Legend, YG, Rowdy Rich, Kirk Franklin, and more. Yeah, I know John Legend gonna be there. Kirk Franklin? He totally, yeah. he totally gonna do. You don't do gospel no more, huh? Always knew it was something with that guy. Real talk. <laughs> crazy story, though, because Chris Franklin crazy. I remember, man, one time I was coming home from high school. Me and my man uh, B out there. What's up to you, B, if you're listening right now? But, yeah, man, we on our way home from high school, right? We go over his career because, you know, we used to play the game at the school and all that. That's what we did. And then I remember we walked in, Oprah was on, like, his, his folks was watching Oprah. And Kurt Franklin was on the joint. And I always remember when that joint just flashed across the screen, Kurt Franklin pulled a dish for over 20 years. I'm like, what the hell? So, you know, I sat down and watched this shit, right? And <laughs> I just remember talking about how bad it was, like, how he used to literally throw them in the trash can, the DVDs and stuff, and they used to go back in the trash can and take it out, like the duster. <laughs> and like how him and his wife was beefing because he wanted his wife to do the stuff that the brows of the movie would do, and she would like feel uncomfortable and all that. I mean, just hearing that back then, I was like, man, that's crazy. I was like, this the same dude that I used to watch the box back in the day, and then every other video used to be the crossroads of stomp. Remember that? No. Oh, man, really? Not. Oh, my God. You don't remember the box back in the day, the 90s, bro? Oh, well, oh, oh yeah, of course the box. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Then we oh, had to vote and pick the next, uh, <laughs> pick the next yeah, uh, video to come up. Oh, my God, I got a big trouble ordering videos. Yeah, I mean, at one point, I want to say like 95, 96, bro. This used to be the rotation because people used to always order. It used to be the crossroads. Tupac, Hail Mary, and then Kurt Franklin stomp every fucking time, bro. Throughout the whole damn day. That's crazy. But yeah, back to the Grammys though. So, speaking of the host, we also uh, kind of got into the Nipsey Hussle tribute. Uh, people that's going to be uh, shouting him out or representing for him. That's also a plus. I just don't like the fact. Um, I would like for him to win one of the categories that he's in. I just think it's just lame that he's getting recognized, you know, after his death. But going on for it, um, well, you know, they Sean Combs, Sean relaxed. Diddy Combs actually had something to say too, as well. Oh, he dude. was saying right. he was uh he gave a fifty minute speech at the Clive Davis, uh, I believe it was that Saturday night. And he said, quotation, so I had this much love with the Grammys because you really need to know this. Every year y'all killing us, man. Man, I'm talking about the pain. I'm speaking for the artists and the producers, the executives. He said, quote, unquote, quote, 
the amount of time that it takes these records to pour into your heart, you just don't want to even put, want an even playing field. So it's pretty much saying that he's leaving people out of categories that should be in those categories. And I'm, I don't know if I totally agree with him because I've seen the list and it's kind of 50, 50, but what, what do you think about it? It's a, it's all it's always gonna be a snub or two out there. That's just how any voting system works in popular society, you know what I mean? Like sports, as far as the all star games, it's always gonna be somebody left out. Hall of Fame, it's always gonna be somebody left out. Here, it's always gonna be somebody left out. But the thing you need to focus on is like who's being left out. You know what I mean? Like, what is it, a year or two ago, Jay-Z literally went 0 for 8 at the Grammys. You know, he was the first one to really protest the Grammys. And he finally, you know, graced the Grammys with his presence, and they try to embarrass that man like that. I mean, it's not embarrassing, Jay-Z, too successful, but still, that was a blow to his ego. Has to be. And then, you know what I mean, this year, Rhapsody, he's talking about black women empowerment and all that. He has a solid, classic female hip-hop album, man. That get excluded. You got Freddie Gibbs that made classic music as well with Bandana, but just because he's talking more of the drug dealer, quote-unquote, aspect that they want to try to box us in, he didn't get nominated as well. So that's how I look at it. Because there's always going to be a snub out there, but it's what they snubbing that, you know, causes concern for me personally. Yeah, which is true. I mean, because, you know, over the years, I mean, we already had the criticism, like, certain artists like uh, Beyonce, Kanye West, Eminem, Mariah Carey, and they'll lose in major categories. So, and then they always fall short to maybe a pop, rock, or country counterpart in that sense. So, that's the way I kind of feel him of where he's, where he's coming from. Okay. And then it's okay. also It goes into the conversation What I was having the other day This is also quoted from him too Because he was like so right now in the current situation It's not a revelation It's the thing This thing has been going on It's not just going on in music It's going on in film It's going on in sports It's going around the, uh, around the world I think that's a quotation But and in, in his words I get what that means Because there's always somebody that's pushed by the machine and it's only one of them to get that limelight versus everybody sharing the same space and I can get his point yeah, to I that was, and his, these are his own words yeah I remember we talked about that off the other day like for example um, comedy like throughout you know the decades and everything it's always been more than one successful you know black comedian but they only would give the spotlight to one. You know what I mean? One would get all the blockbuster movies and all that stuff, you know? The only exception may be the 90s in a way because you had, well, then again, nah, because you had Martin and you had Will Smith, but at that point, Will Smith was doing action. He became an action star. He wasn't really on his comedy stuff. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, they, I mean, yeah. That, that's the thing. Will Smith wasn't uh, really a comedian. He just couldn't do 
I guess, an action slash comedy role. Like, he was known to be funny. Like, Will, Will, I didn't, well, at least not to my knowledge, he wasn't doing stand-up comedy. So I think that's, that classifies him in a different category. He's an actor. It's like saying Mark Wahlberg is a comedian, pretty much. Like, no, he can play a funny role, but he's not a comedian. I agree, totally. I agree. I agree. But, like, for example, the 80s, you know what I mean? You had a lot of, you know, black successful comedians out there. You had Robin Hood. But only one stood out. At, at a time, each each actor had their time period. I mean, it, it's 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 almost in a sense like everybody was always the sequence. Like I wonder when is it going to change? When is it's going to be open where okay, these majority of of people are great. Yeah, because like at this point with comedy and stuff, with black comedy, like you got Kevin Hart. Doing all every comedy role, I mean, from Think Like a Man to Jumanji and all of that, and then everybody else is just like YouTube stars or they're on the road traveling doing stand up, which is crazy because it's really a deep talent pool out there right now. You can't tell me Cat Williams can't do another role. He came out of nowhere and became famous off like ten minutes of film time, if that, with Money Mike. Yeah, as much as I hate to say it, it's almost like what Mike Epps can live up to his potential. Why people are is it um, not giving Marlon Wayans the same treatment as well too for I mean, him to be doing it as long because he actually had a good couple of movies on Netflix. So yeah, and then uh, a lot of them do TV shows too. A lot of them do the TV show right, like Dion Cole. He had a role in Blackish, you know, which is dope. And then you got Cedric literally on, I think he's on like two or three shows right now. And then you got Tracy Morgan with, you know, the last OG. And honestly, the only reason why Dave Chappelle ain't do a movie because I'm pretty sure he turned down so many scripts. I don't think he want to do movies. I think Dave Chappelle is probably the most relaxed or happiest he's probably ever been right now. He's grounded. I think know? he's pretty much in a cut. He's doing it for his own, I guess, mental peace. I think he just loves to do comedy in general because he loves to make people laugh, and that's close to his heart. But if the opportunity and the right project come along and the right amount of money, he'll probably do another project. I can see it happening. And if I look into it, I believe that he was talking about doing something with somebody, and I forgot what it was, and it was a couple of skits. Um, I think uh, Donnell Rawlins was talking about it on The Breakfast Club or on one of his interviews that he just uh, recently had. But uh, he was interested in doing some skits with somebody, but they were still hashing it out and doing negotiations. So That's what's up. I just, I just mean at the end of the day, like, like, I mean, it's good to see like Eddie Murphy coming back and all of that, but it's, it's, it's fresh talent out there that at least deserve a shot at a movie or nothing. Like on the low, I mean, as a knowing that people think he is with DC Young Fly, I mean, bro, that dude is the new Chris Tucker. Put that man in a movie. Let's see how he works. Nah, see, the only thing is about that, and what I can say. And it's, it's, and it's no disrespect, but 
he'll probably say it himself. He's he which which happened, um he said this in a in an interview about like when he hosted the T R L. Hold on for a minute. They were trying Carter, to... bro. Hey Carla, say your name where you from. Hey, <clears throat> this is big saying. Hey, I wanted up? to um Hey, now, how y'all doing today? I wanted to comment on uh, comedian and stuff, the subject we're speaking of on hand. I um I heard y'all views, and they're pretty good views. But um, going all the way back to, like, Flip Wilson, you know, talking talking 60s, 70s, <clears throat> when it was more of, them on, more of them on TV and stuff. Why there was more on TV? Because all the studios were, was um, in competition. They're not in competition per se now. They're all together because they make more money as one. So what they do with the comedian thing, just like they do with stars, actors, and actresses, they pick one, and they work their mess out of them. They have a meeting and say, okay, it's his time. They pick them, and they work their mess out of them. And they, you see yeah, them all over true. the place. They're going to get all the money they can get off of. Now, it was up to the one, the one they pick. You got to find leverage to bring their friends in. All of them don't have the ability to bring some of their friends in that that they did stand up with or that they score with and stuff like that. That's why you see a lot of them try to venture off and 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 do things like like Dave Chappelle. He probably not going to do anything because he wants so much control that they're not willing to let no one take. So he can do he can do Netflix stand up for sixty million, give them a couple of episodes here and there. And he good, you know, because he, he's earned his right. He had his own show. His resume speaks for itself, you know, and people still interested in hearing him. So I think they don't he don't he don't get into a lot of projects because he can't get the control that he wants. And he doesn't he think he's at a point he doesn't want to be controlled. He don't want to be caught up in that caught up in that scene that they got going on. And far yeah, as like the Wayne's Marlon Wayne. Huh? I say yeah, of course, and and um, I'm interested in what you was about to say, but just going off the Dave Chappelle, I think that you're pretty much right. Like he wants control of what he wants to put out. He don't want to be uncontrolled and be in that scenario again. I think that's a trigger point for him, just in entertainment wise, right. and uh, just period. So I get you on that. But right. what you was about to say about Marlon Wayans, because at yeah, this point he like, has like, control like over Marlon everything. Right, but they're like a machine. You know what I mean? We might don't see them on the front end, but the Wayne is doing so much on the back end. Always. They trying to get Always. to You know what I mean? So he might not come out on the front end as much, but they're doing so much on the back end that we probably don't see that they'll, be, they'll leverage themselves one day on having another show or actually making, producing, and funding the movie. You know what I mean? So... I really can't yeah, I mean, say about him getting getting a lot of spots because we don't know how much factor they doing on the back end because I just I just realized not too long ago like like far as rapping and stuff like that I didn't you know I got tired of like hearing DJ Cali you know talking about this album and this and that and then realized how much he did on the back end because like um, they, they was doing an interview with Fat Joe on one of the XM stations or something, and he, you know, they on there in Miami, they chilling, you know, they go with DJ Cali out. 
and he's like, he tell a fat Joe, why you going up New York? Why you going to do this? He said, man, I got to promote this album. You the one can sit back and, and, and do all this. You fat. You living well. He's like, I still got to get out here and grind. And, and that's because he getting more residual, more points and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He's not, he not always on the stage. He's doing a lot of a lot of the producer, you know, all the kind of rights and stuff. And um, well, you know, DJ Khaled, he more, yeah, he more, he more produces songs um, and get people together and make great collaborations. That's a lot. The reason why he's involved in a lot of stuff, and he's very dedicated. Anybody that can say that he ever did anything, they always say. He's there early. He's in your face. He's asking questions how to be perfected. And to be honest, I think DJ Khaled is a great guy. But just speaking of what he does in the background, like and what you're saying, he does he he do do a lot. And it's to the point like his kid is even putting out his own beats and have his own rights. Um, to his own creative music and giving it out to artists and getting paid for it. I want to say that, he was, uh, the, the album, this, one of his last albums that was named after his son, I believe, um, he was on the, uh, I think, one of the producers or on the back of the label. So he's going to get paid maybe for years and as a child. So that's great. Yeah. So his endeavors are always powerful. And then like with Marlon Wayne, like you said, like he probably don't have those roles because he has a platform where he can make his own movies. He can probably go through his family and work at their studios and then structure his movies, which would be great. But people don't give him that recognition. Because mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff is pretty much everything that he put into. Like, he made this vision. Like, every other actor, well, not comedian, well, not actor, but comedian slash actor would do. So, out of the family, random question. Random question. So, out of the Wayans family, right, where do you rank Marlon at? Where you got Keenan? Yeah, Keenan and Damon yeah, they wanted to. Um, exactly. You got the other brother. What's his name? I can't remember. Uh-huh. Man, I can't remember. That's what, W3. What, what? <laughs> Charles. Remember that? Yeah. He's the DJ on the living yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah. I give him between, so I give him, I give him between but, three and four. I mean, all of them talented in their in they own rights. You know what I mean? Even Kim. Even Kim was talented, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, 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 you know, I can't, I mean, it's hard to rate them because we don't know who wrote this, who wrote that. You know what I mean? Because he could have wrote some of the stuff but just didn't do it because it performed better with someone else. That's you know? true. You, you know, so we don't, we don't know as a, as, as a family. They all um, they all probably donated something, or, you know, put something into it. Because I I, I I can see them sitting around just just brainstorming, coming together. Yeah. Just, just you know, coming together. So it's hard to say though, but he might be the almost the least 
the least popular, but he's popular now at, at, in this era. But each one of them had their era. Yes, that's you true. know what I mean. The oldest one, the oldest one had their era, and, and you know it's uh-huh. his time. But we just not seeing them as much. So yeah, it's hard to I mean, say though. But I mean, at the end of the day, all of that started because of Keenan. I mean, Keenan oh, got want, you know. Oh, one second. Oh, hey, son. Hold on one second. Yes. Why? Why does? Why somebody take this? I'm sitting in the parking lot. Somebody took somebody's parking space, right? They know they took uh-huh. it. Now they're scared to get out the car. <laughs> they scared to get out of the car after they took the people parking space. Real now, life situations is, and moments. Guy, that is hilarious. The other guy's not trying to fight or nothing. He he, he got out of his car with all the store, but the person that took the parking spot. Look, scared to still get out of the car. The other guy that got out and got over and went on to the store. But he walked past to see who it was, and they scared to get out, get out the car, man. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I did well, something you, wrong. Like, like, like you hollering at a dog or something, they put their head down like, damn, what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you're wrong. Well, you know you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I continue oh, on with the subject and stuff. And yeah, what would you go no, say? I got a question before you go. Before you go, um, yes, sir. Just in any any category, um, when it comes to football, boxing, NBA, is there ever going to be two greats that dominate the game and be recognized, or will there ever be one great that recognizes somebody else that's dominant in the same field that they? Maybe in, oh, and they both collab. Oh, collab! No, <laughs> too much egos, man. Especially in sports. Hey, yeah, they, they, they gotta be. They gotta be best friends from birth on up, or something. You know what I mean? Or, or brothers, or something that that just understand each other's role. No one wants to share the light because they think it's gonna get into their pockets. I think the closest when, thing I've seen to that. When they get their chance, huh? I think the closest thing I've seen to that, and then just to paint the picture for you, maybe the NBA when they had the debate between LeBron and KD. Now, that was two great players that was playing a role, and it was doing a lot. It was basically yeah. being considered who's probably the best in NBA right now. It's the closest thing I've seen. Since then. Well, Kobe and, Kobe and Shaq. Let me see how that worked out. Yeah. Well, they was on the same team at one point, and then once Shaq left, that means sharing I mean, the spotlight. Yeah, they said egos got that's no sharing the spotlight. That's how it broke up. Exactly. But then we see how that worked out. Like, that, right. That, that's why I can't see nobody else doing. They didn't reach yeah, the point and then happened. and then go over that. There's always. Somewhere, some way, somehow, somebody have that, that spotlight and it'll get swept from under their feet. But the thing is, but that's the narrative we paint as society. That's pretty much the story we always going to paint. Even if they best friends growing up, somebody got to be the best. Somebody going to be jealous of the other person's spotlight. That's just, you know, a natural storyline. Like, for example, the closest thing I see to that. It's not even sports. That was, you know, wrestling. You know, that's pretty much scripted. Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. And then eventually one person's ego got away and turned on the other person. It happens all the time. 
Yeah, but Macho is. Man talks so so greasy about Hulk Hogan. But you understand, but they Hulk make Hogan money off of that. Yeah, yeah. They make like, more you know, money Parker, off of that when they when yeah. they when they go against each Parker other. Parker Biggie was friends. Remember that Parker Biggie started off friends. Parker used to let Biggie perform when he was on stage. You know, perform his little set started off. Then the media split right. them up. It's gonna happen every time. Because it's more money for the man. NWA, the same thing. Everybody got jealous of Easy E relationship with Jerry Heller, even though that was BS behind the scenes. They broke up. Ice Cube left. It happens every time. <laughs> yeah, ain't gonna be no peace and harmony in, 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 in business. You know what I mean? It's all it's, it's all business. No love lost. It's just business. Yeah. And that's how people take it. <laughs> I mean, but it, it's yeah. like all aspects. Like, even in media, like, remember Mike and Mike? That radio show was around forever for media. Then all of a sudden, one yeah. person wanted more control. And next thing you know, we got Mike We got Mike and Ringo, and we got the get-up. You know yeah, know that was, that, was a, that was a tough pill. I mean, yeah, that, that was the thing together for years. I, I didn't understand yeah, that. That's crazy. I didn't know too much like, about it. I agree. They kind of just got tired of each other. And Greenberg wanted his own little morning talk show. He wanted that first take money. And that's what mm-hmm. happened. But I just, it, it yeah. always happens, though. No matter what. Yeah. Strong personality. Yeah. Just, hey. It's always a dog well, somewhere. But shoot, uh, I'm about to say, look, we appreciate you, Sam, calling in. About to go ahead and yes, kick it into this next topic. Yeah, I'll be listening. Y'all have a good show. All right, man. All right. Appreciate you. Always. Okay. All right. Continue on, man. What's next on the agenda? Oh, this. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you kick it away. I feel uncomfortable even talking about this. I mean, it depends, man. All right, so look, I don't know if y'all have been on. Um, before I even get into the next topic, uh, matter of fact, shout out. Not even a shout out, man. Look, moment of silence for, I'm sure, which everybody loved in some type of way, is the Peanuts, man. You play with Peanuts. That is the age... I think, what was it, uh, 102? But it's hilarious. Everybody just stay tuned for the Super Bowl commercial, which I believe it was Wesley Snipes and somebody else. I forgot whoever's on on the commercial with him. But he ended up dying what he did love, and it's basically in a selfish act to protect somebody else. And also, I believe our very own Mr. Jones, had a pick with him before he ended up passing too as well. Last week. I just met the I just met him last week, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Shout out to you, man. It is hilarious. People always run into your but life for a reason. Going into some more hilarious or should I say dumb shit. Is Atlanta Brown actually called out Nick Cannon recently? And usually, when somebody calls somebody out, they don't put themselves in a situation where 
they make they self look stupid. And I can't even say the correct terms that I want to say, but just in this instance from his own words, Orlando Brown is accusing Nick Brown to previously suck his penis before. Nick. Him. Nick. <laughs> he said it's so professional. Suck his penis. <laughs> Receive for late. So <laughs> Receive yeah, of course. Yeah. So First of all, man. I don't. I don't. Hold on. Let me make sure that's. Let me see. Make sure that's actually correct because. One. That's what I'm going to be. Oh, my God. That's crazy. It's like. And. The thing is, and which was crazy, that he made a long reply, and I believe I think Marlon Wayne's replied to it, <laughs> and was like, "Oh, so you just wrote all this just to say get the fuck." <laughs> but the thing like, is, he said he never took the dude though. And the Orlando Brown fact checker, no Photoshop. You feel me? Yeah, and it was, looked like a throwback camera, like a iPhone. Yeah. Uh, what was that? The three or four? <laughs> Nickelodeon. This is the closest Nickelodeon to get to Disney too, bro. <laughs> oh my God, you got all that Nessa Raven to go. That's wild. But I mean, it's but this is my thing though. It's like, soon as you think Orlando Brown is going to be okay, you know, he doing this music, some of it actually great. And then all of a sudden, he come and do this. Some of it, I don't know. It's just like I think, I think he may have schizophrenia. I mean, he ain't loud because he ain't loud rabies. But no, nah, he got more than that, bro. I think he wanted them dudes that I don't tried know, that. He don't have he'll have a great point and then it'll just go all the way left. Like he'll just flip the whole room upside down and give you a different angle that really doesn't even make sense about anything. So but with you this I know <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the one he was like Michael Jackson is daddy. <laughs> And it was dead serious about it. <laughs> yeah, he said Michael Jackson was father. He was dead serious about it. You ain't see that Dr. Phil interview? Nah. Yeah, the uh, Brown is one of the classic cases of let me try this shit one time and they never come back. <laughs> Definitely glad I, I didn't like, know. I tell you, man. If your cigarette look a little wet, ain't alcohol still doing it. Do not try it. <laughs> if it comes in liquid form and a phlebotomist ain't putting it in you, don't try it. Seriously. I don't know. I if am, you got flour, definitely good. If you, if you got flour on the table, bro, and you ain't baking chicken, I mean, so, ain't fried, don't try it. <laughs> That's his problem. 
that might be the reason why uh, most people wasn't uh, messing with Nick. I don't know. Made me think about this camp. What, what is this label called again? I don't know. Incredible? Something. Yeah, Incredible, something like that, yeah. But ultimately, but in other news. let me ask you this. Just a question. Do you believe it? Yes or no? To be, I don't want to believe it. But there has been talks. And then also, I think, I mean, shoot, I don't know. Maybe some of the Eminem bars was probably true about him. So maybe that wasn't left either. Either way, for that man to come out after that, man, that's wild. Maybe he tried to get a spot on the mad singer and he blackmailing him. I don't know what it is. You man. know, it's crazy. Why would why would Atlanta Brown want to spot on a mad singer? And then it's like, I don't know. Like <laughs> he say some left know. stuff, but but why Nick Cannon though? Like why out of all people? Like it just don't make sense. I don't know. I'm trying to tell you, man. Crazy, man. What happened to that man? He went from little three J or Family Matters to this shit. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you, man, childhood starter, man, it be fucking people up. <laughs> it really do. It be fucking people up. Seriously. That's wild. That is really wild, though. But, I mean, the other news, though, you know, let's go ahead and skip that, man. It's a little uncomfortable, man, for him to even accuse that shit. That's a little uncomfortable. But, you know, I don't even know why he put grand- himself out there like that. That's my whole point. Like, why would you even talk about yourself in that way? Like, in that manner, like, why would you want to make yourself seem gay? Like, how? I don't know. So that makes me kind of don't believe it. And it's just something to push that may remain relevant. But in other news. Yeah, let's talk about the bigger also, news of the graduate how pretty much they're going through going through all this controversy. The story, I think literally uh, New York Times wrote a um, post on it yesterday, though, but Deborah Dugan um, is chief executive pretty much of the Recording Academy who oversees the Grammys. So in August, she was inherited. Uh, she had a meltdown pretty much, and what she did is she came out and she was like, the voting elect irregular like the voting as far as dominating is crooked, you know, the loosely quoted. Pretty uh-huh. much they give payments to lawyers and everything and one of the people that stepped down, I wanna say the former president of the Grammys, was accused of pretty much sexually assaulting one of the younger Grammy nominated nominees, I wanna say back in twenty seventeen. So, which is crazy. So, with all this going on, man, <laughs> the Grammys might be in trouble in the long run because somebody in the inside now looks like they whistleblowing. You feel what I'm saying? 
I mean, they almost going as far as saying they taking bribes, bro. They taking bribes from nominations and winners. And there's rape allegations out there that people are not talking about that is within the inner circles of the Grammys. I mean, I don't know. I mean, is it coming from just because? I don't know, but man. The thing is, uh, like, I want to say like a week and a half ago, the lady that was talking about Deborah Dugan, they placed her on, on leave because she's being accused of uh, bullying by her administrative assistant. Pretty much. No, can, she's uh, not. Nah, she she nah. Dugan is the one that actually have the charges against her. Yeah, 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 yeah. She got the charges for uh, pretty much discrimination and all of that. Like you know, what I mean, I won't go as far as saying racism, but it's equal opportunity employment. You talking about discrimination? I mean, y'all do the math. You feel me? And then just how they and then. It goes to what we was talking about earlier, too, as far as they even went as far as saying that, you know what I mean, they don't nominate songs for the right categories. Like when, remember in 2017, Drake won Best Rap Song for Hotline Bling, right? Mm-hmm. But even Drake said himself, Hotline Bling is not a rap song. It's not. It's pop. It's pop 40. So you got him pretty much taking Grammys from young artists that actually made a hip hop song. But I mean, this has been going on for a minute. I mean, I won't say the the wave like this new wave of you know younger artists not touching the Gram not touching the Grammys. It started like I want to say 2015 and 2016 because I remember Frank Ocean. When he did the uh, Blonde album, uh, he refused, like, utterly refused to even submit it for Grammy consideration. So he took himself out the Grammy nomination. And we know, like, you know, how talented Frank Ocean is. I mean, he probably would have won one. Probably. And then, remember, 2018... As far as, you know, as far as the Me Too movement and everything, you remember only one woman accepted the award on stage. I want to say it was uh, Kara Alyssa, whatever her name is, for uh, Best New Artist. And then that year as well, only one woman got nominated for uh, Album of the Year, which was, you know what I mean, I don't want to say their name right, Lorde. Uh, crazy. Lord. Yeah, Lord. Which is crazy. She's the only woman nominated for album of the year, which I mean, Rhapsody had a classic that year, but that's another story. And then even on top of that, she wasn't even nominated to perform. So you're nominated for album of the year, you couldn't even perform. That's crazy. So I mean, it's a lot of things the Grammys gotta do to fix their shit up though. And I mean, we've been through that, but now we know it's deeper than just people getting snubbed. It's deeper than that now. So who you got winning tonight, then? What's your favorite uh, category? 
favorite category. Whew. I want to say when they first did I mean, because I know between anybody that I know of, I mean, I believe, I think Nipsey's in maybe two. And yeah, probably Lizzo was in like a, a, Eight. a ton of categories. Eight. She's doing the Lauren Hill. I mean, also, um, who is that? Um, yeah. Lil Nas X is uh, also in a couple of categories too, matching her. Oh, he's gonna win. He's gonna win. He should. He should be able to win that. I think he's gonna win something. I don't know. I mean. We'll see tonight. I think the machine is behind Lizzo. I think she might come out with a couple of them. She got at least four, including like song uh, of the year or something. She got four, at least four. Yeah, four. But I mean, one that stands out <laughs> to me—not uh, even rap or nothing—because I'm kind of disappointed in uh, rap ones. Because, like I said, album of the year, you didn't have Bandana or Eve on there. Fuck that category. But uh, as far as best R&B song, I like this one. They um, could have been with her and Bryson Tiller. You got Look At Me Now with Emily King. You got No Guidance, Chris Brown and Drake. Which that thing did hit over the summer, man. I took many trips to California cranking that. You got Rosa Mo, the Lucky Day joint. Lucky Day got a great album, but that's not even my favorite Lucky Day song from the album. With P.J. Morton and JoJo. I think that's going to be a good category. But honestly, though, I think Chris Brown and Drake are going to get that for no guidance, though. Because the video kind of capped it off. That was one of the best videos of the year, too. And just the importance of that song for them to, you know, kind of end that little beef they had, especially after that club business. when they putting everybody lives in danger, throwing bottles across the damn club and all of that. You feel me? But that's one that stands out to me, though. I mean, as far as best rap album, that one's pretty decent because, like, shout out again to DMV's own YBN Corday, you know. Shout out to him for getting, you know, best rap album nomination. And then you got Meek Mill with championships. That age that age's pretty decent. You got Dreamville, which, you know, I would have <laughs> bandana with. I would I would have replaced Freddie Gibbs with that. You got 21 Savage. But you already know who's going to win. Yeah, it's going to be Tyler Creator. No question. Hey, is he deserving? Probably so. Because I ain't going to lie. Like, production-wise, fire. It's a fire album. And honestly, Tyler Creator is not the worst artist as far as, like, rapping. The thing that kills me about Tyler Creator is his freestyles, bruh. Because his albums don't be like his freestyles. His freestyles be wild. Like that whole that whole thing he did on Flex. Like, bruh. <laughs> Crazy. But, I mean, best rap performance sound decent. You know what I mean? You got, you know, Middle Child with J. Cole. You got The Baby with Shug. You got the Dreamville song down. Brody Richard Hit Boy racks in the middle. And then you got Clout with all, all set and Cardi B. 
Honestly, the I think the baby's probably gonna get that one. Because mm. you're talking about rap know, performance, but... rap performance, how they perform on the track. You know that dude, he did, he swagged it out. Like out of all these songs, live, I think the best one that would be performed is "Shared by the Baby." You could, you got a dance and everything to it. You know what I mean? That's why I think he's gonna win it. And plus, you know what I mean, Clout, it came out so long ago, it lost steam. You know what I mean? I don't think it's um, as impactful. A lot of songs actually be, I guess, current and then still don't get recognized as a song that I don't know, that should still be carried over the year. I mean, if you play that properly in the club or either seen it in a maybe a live performance, it'll still probably pop off. I mean, you got to think about it. You said live performance? Mm -hmm. All right, so live performance, either that's a set. If I'm thinking maybe Cardi B performing versus... I don't know. I got Suge. I mean, I may have a dance, but I don't know. She probably did something a little bit extra. I have to probably look at what are they rating in the live performance? Uh, I don't think they're rating like the live performance or anything. They're just rating on like, when you think of performance, you think of like, you know, how hype they are on the track, how they ride the beat in particular, how pretty much they rhythm and flow is on the song. That's, I think, how they're um, rating that. That's why I got the baby as well. His flow was perfect on that joint. Like, how you delivered that was pretty dope. I think I, I think he's the favorite for that one. Now, best rap song is different, you feel me? Now, if you want to talk about best rap song, you, you got uh, the YBN Corday joint with Chance the Rapper, Bad Idea. You got the Gold Roses with Rick Ross and Drake, which was a decent song. You got a lot, 21 Savage and J. Cole. That was a hit. You got Racks in the Middle again with Nipsey Hussle, Roddy Rich, and Hit Boy. And then you got Should for Best Rap Song. Now, I think I think a lot going to win. All right, so I'm going to kind of be biased. I don't know if a lot going to win just because I think Nipsey only has one other category. So he has to win in one or the other and this one might be it. I think he's going to win for higher anyway. Well, with best rap. Yeah, with best rap slash singer performance. You got Higher, Drip Too Hard by Little Baby of Gunner, Kennedy, Little Lars Nas X, Ballin' with Mustard, Roddy Ritz, and The London with Young Thug and J. Cole and Travis Scott. That's his category to, to win. He's going to win Higher. He's going to win for Higher. He's not going to win for Rocks in the Middle, uh, unfortunately. That makes sense. And plus, they owe J. Cole one anyway. 
Tyler Hill, nothing for KOD getting nominated a year or two ago. Answer that for me. You said who? Like, J. Cole last album didn't get nominated for nothing. Nothing. KOD was like that. You tell me, you know. Yeah, but I think I think the only thing you pushed from KOD was uh was the only it was the only like little pop song that was mainstream. That was the only thing that he pushed, and that was uh I can't even think of it right now. It was motivated and um yeah. ATO too. Count it up. Count it up. Count it up. Count it. Yeah. But I don't know. I thought that that album that year deserved. Uh, I was in the year now, bro. But then again, you know what I mean? They, I think he did get love for Forest Hills Draft, which is his best project. Let's, let's keep it real. That's nah. Like, only reason, you know, you know the main reason why it wasn't going to get an album out of the year because it was based on pretty much like sobriety and drugs. Yeah, these little, like he made it towards he, drugs, but it was more of drug positivity than anything else. So, Can you say he's one of the pioneers that responsible for kind of killing that movement, though? Because that movement's dead now. Everybody ain't talking about getting high on drugs like that no more. It's J. Cole and Future pretty much shutting that shit down. <laughs> That's not really popping no more like he used to. Man, man, man Future's still talking about it, man. You just heard life is good. That's true. I mean, it ain't as much as it used to. It's not totally focused. You know, it ain't all about What'd you say? So I wanted to ask you next, man. It was something else that was uh, actually in, uh, intriguing to me. And a lot of people was actually talking about Joe Rogan and why is he so popular and what makes him actually have uh, a say-so in a lot of different manners. Well, I mean, my take on that is Joe Rogan is pretty much one of the only – Unbiased people, period, in media. He would talk to, you know, a Trump supporter, but at the same time, he'd talk to a diehard libertarian pretty much the same way. Like, he'd talk to a diehard religious person, but also talk to that same atheist. You know what I mean? Like, this man had Elon Musk smoking tree on his show. And then if you think about his career, man, it went so many ways. Like, he was a karate champion. He pretty much got the strongest kicks in the world. You feel me? And then all of a sudden, he started doing comedy and stand-up, was on TV and everything. And was on a show with legends like Phil Hartman and all of that. Pretty much got the same start Mm -hmm. as Andy did. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? He saw... Something started around his true passion, which was martial arts, with the USC. 
And all of a sudden, it's starting from saying people's names wrong to becoming the voice of the UFC, pretty much. The NK's, you know, interviews after the fights and all of that. On top of pretty much this whole time thing right now, he's a pioneer of it. Joe Rogan was doing number one on iTunes with a podcast, and people weren't even thinking about doing podcasts. So people was like, how do I do podcasts? He was already doing it and successful at it. So I see why Joe Rogan would be revered the way he does. That man is a true modern-day renaissance man. And everything he did, he's been pretty damn successful at it. And the best thing about it is he does it doing him. He don't change. He smokes his weed, <laughs> talks about DMT, and he just does him. That's why I like Joe Rogan personally. And then I, I totally forgot about Fear Factor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, which is the household classic. Oh, or what is the what is the proper term? Uh, a family, a family, uh, a family home or family friendly face. You know that you usually see on TV. Pretty much, so like that's why Joe Rogan is the man. I mean, I would never hate on that man. <laughs> you know what I mean, but. Why did he even bring that up to begin with? Like, he gets blasted on social media and stuff? People hating on him? Nah, not necessarily. Actually, I just brought it up because uh, recently, I believe on his podcast, he was giving uh, support to Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders. So, you know, he usually have his views and how he kind of dibble and dabble into anything. And it was pretty much just in the Democratic presidential primary. And also in August, uh, I believe, uh, what was that? Devin Gordon had broke down um, why he was such a controversial uh, figure. And I think that's what you kind of explained, just the way he gave it to you from all aspects of, like, just who he is. And why is he so popular? Because he does do a lot of things, and he's a familiar face. Like we all seen them from a lot of different Pretty endeavors that he do now, which is he does all forms of entertainment. He does sports, he does comedy, he does interviews, and he hosts. And the crazy thing about it is, he's pretty damn successful at all of them, though. That's the crazy thing about it. Like, I never heard really too many people saying Joe Rogan was whack at this or he was whack at that. I always hear great things about him. But what is your thought what is your thoughts on Joe Rogan? I mean, if anything, I mean the guy's good to me. I mean I just had to uh, bring it to light just because it was just a point of interest. But my thoughts on Joe Rogan, I mean, I think for, I think right now, 
he's pretty much like opening up like different platforms for different people just to show the diversity that you can do several things at once and be recognized for it without even being recognized. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, let's get into this sports, man. So. I mean, I don't know. How you want to kick it off? Let's get into this. First and foremost, I want to say last Wednesday, the NBA has officially announced their all-star candidates for 2020. And, you know, we talked about it briefly on air. The game is um, actually on February the 16th, and they do their picks on. And like you said, the team captains this year is going to be LeBron and Giannis. So what do you think about that, first and foremost? I don't know. It seems like it's a repeat. And I hope they don't do that selection thing. Hopefully they let the fans vote. And it's just a a West and East. I mean, I think why they're captains is pretty much before – it's pretty much for that they won the majority of the vote. So – they just made them captains because they were probably number yeah. one in the West and the East. Now, I don't know how to explain it as far as the percentage breakdown, but as far as also voting, it goes in three ways. The fans get a part of the vote. The media get a part of the vote. And then actually the players get a part of the vote. And it's almost like a scoring system in a way. They weigh out them. Equally split either. I think one is like 50, one's 30, and one's 20. And then they gather that together, and then they pick it best of the best that way. So, like, potentially a person you might have voted for as a fan might not get in because the players and the media don't think so, or vice versa. So let me uh, break down the story. I get what you're saying. So let me uh, break down the starters, though. So for the East, we got, of course, Giannis. And then we got Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kimber Walker, and Trey Young. Shout out to Trey Young for being a starter this year. I mean, you called it all season, brother. But let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the starters? Do you think anybody got snubbed from the starting lineup at least? I don't know. I think that... I think that lineup right now that you just mentioned, that's probably like a, a strategic guess. I don't think they – did they pick the lineup yet? That's just a hypothesis. Because well, it can't be – No, just the starters, like people from the East. You get four, you know, it's five on five, but you still got to pick your starters different. You feel me? Right. So they pick out that pool. Now, from the West, you got Luca. Of course, Luca was going to be in there. James Harden, of course, that scoring machine was going to be in there. Of course, LeBron's running mate right now. AD is there. And then, I mean, I could pretty much guess the last one. Kawhi Leonard is there. So, I mean, the West is looking very strong out there to be kicked from. You feel me? 
But let's be honest, though. If LeBron gets first pick, he's getting Anthony Davis. <laughs> I'm going to keep it real with you. If Giannis gets first pick, he's picking Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to keep it real with you as far as that. Yeah. So, hold but on. as far as. So, are they, are they able to pick? Or this this yeah. is just the lineup. No, nah, they're going to pick. I think they're going to pick. Yeah. Yep, they are. It says the game swapped this old Eastern versus Western Conference format 2018 for a pickup style. So, yeah, they, that's just the pool of players they're going to pick from. So it's going to be like the same style. But if you do want to listen to uh, some okay. Because I ain't going to lie, one person I thought deserved to be there and is not there is Jimmy Butler. He's Oh, my God. Hold up, hold up. What you mean, like on the starting five? Yes. Or? Yes. I would choose Jimmy Butler over Siakam. Even though Siakam has slightly better numbers nope. and all that. No, he had not. Jimmy... What? So, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not going to just go ahead and brush it off and say he has better numbers and slight D. No, he has better numbers or he has even numbers with defense. That would have been a better way. You just well, wanted to put Jimmy Butler over there as overall yeah. like gaining player and then trying to support a team and being a star player. Because I think he's probably more growing into that role. He deserved more deserving, man. Look, the Heat, who thought that he would be in fucking second place right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, yes. Champions, bro. Like, nobody thought, I, nobody thought Miami would even sniff the playoffs. And look at them now. They're down there favorites. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Off impact alone, I probably would have gave uh, Jimmy Butler that nod right there, bro. I mean, I'm sure he'll be on the bench. You're coming in after Siakam somewhere, or he might be in somebody's and might be in somebody's top five. You never know. They might. I just hope that they play with the intent to win. Maybe second half ish. You know, first half fun. Value, trick plays, stuff like that. Cool. Second half, hey, let's win this game. Because I remember when I was talking about uh, bringing back, what was that, the NBA, what was that, the NBA Legends Classics or the Legend Classics? If they want to bring that back, oh, my God. Like, I already know. No, not the jerseys, not the All-Star games. That's all the Legends classic when they oh, used to have you. the Legends play. That was oh, yeah, retired. Like, that's when they used to play ball. That was the most entertaining celebrity game that you can get. But at the same time, bro, it's like you've seen Jordan play for the Wizards. Do you want to see that with some of your favorite stars of the past today? Yeah, break my heart to see that. <laughs> like, what you mean? What does Jordan get out there and play? So, like, Jordan out there playing against 
Kobe, you know, uh, who else is tired? Like, AI come onto the court. Like, these all legends that's retired, pretty much what you're getting, like, with the three-on-three. But I'm sure you remember the the Legend Classic. Nah, I'd rather see see one solid game all out. Uh, In the whirlpool bag. Just an all out. (laughs) No timeout game. Just straight ball. And I'm more than likely, I know these legends will show these soft, I wouldn't say soft, but I guess softball rules that they have now in an all-out game of like an NBA like Legend Classic or just a just a celebrity performance. It'll be different because even when you watch three on three, it's different. They play, they play a, a yeah, they different play. physical game oh, or a different yeah. strategy of game. Yeah, just because the the basics and the fundamentals that they that they learn and what they did on the court is different now. Like now it seems like it's it's a whole different game. You only shoot threes from the side and you know, shoot threes from the side and pick and roll and maybe get the screen and shoot another three somewhere else or go to the inside and lay up. Like it's one of the two. Try to get the foul. It's all the same. Nothing, no mid-range jumper or creating a shot or fade away. It barely exists. But let's keep it real, though. You know what All-Star Weekend for the NBA is all about, and it's that motherfucking dunk contest, bro. Listen to the line. Man, that's trash. Shit ain't trash. You tripping. So you got Derrick Jones Jr. from Miami. You got Derrick Jones Jr. from Miami. That dude's been... Slamming this year. Guess who's coming back this year? The White Howard. The White Howard is coming back to the dunk contest. Superman is going to get into it. And then you got John Morant. That youngin' has been hooping this year. That's rookie of the year right there. And then you got Zach Levine coming back. That's going to be a pretty decent dunk contest, brother. It's going to be one of the better ones in a while, I believe. It may be decent, but the White House is going to get hurt, man. He's going to probably mess around, try to do a high-flying dunk, probably imitate like, oh, I'm going to dunk three balls on three different courts and mess around, get a back injury, quote-unquote. And he's going to be sitting out for the next couple of games. I already see it. Let's <laughs> hopefully we get Orlando Magic to White Howard just for one night. That'll be pretty dope. Just for one night. That's all. <laughs> I just wanted to do that just for but one, um, one night. Let's just to be joking, though. Up. I mean, Ray Howard, though, is hilarious. Oh, man, I'm, I'm sure he'll probably come up with something unique. And then just to be in competition, I know Levine, like, I know he won. Is, did he win? No, he didn't win last year. I don't think he participated last year, but I want to say he didn't lose he since up. he was in the competition because I want to say he won nah, like two in a row, didn't he? He lost the second year. Nah, he lost the second year. Which, uh, you know, I mean, oh. that Aaron, he lost to Aaron Gordon. That was a great oh. one, too. 
And we know what Levine could do, even before he became in the NBA when he was on the flight team and all of that. But that's another thing I want to mention, too. What about these dudes in the street that's dunking and doing all that crazy stuff? I think the winner of that dunk contest to dunk against the street dudes, honestly, I think that would be dope for um, the dunk contest. It wouldn't be fair. Maybe you can be fair. Yeah, Zach Levine was one of them. Zach Levine was one of them. I mean, yeah, but he has a whole career. Like he doesn't have, he doesn't have the the same mentality as the dude that's just throwing a ball or trying to do a spectacular dunk and then end up injuring himself. Like that guy that's doing that dunk, he could probably sit out and not do any dunks, but he's just doing it just trying to win, you know, prize money or something. So, yeah, he can put all everything out there. He can probably jump off a trash can lid and, you know, try to touch the rim with his toes and then throw the ball through his legs and then dunk it. Yeah, of course, because after then, like, that's the best thing if you do it. If you get hurt, all right, cool, you can just – Go home. You don't have to worry about uh, another series of like eighty-two games, or uh, I guess was it this mid-season? So, uh, you know, forty-one games. So I don't know. Definitely wouldn't be fair for me. And then also, just with uh, Zach Levine. Or anybody else that would challenge that, I wouldn't jeopardize my career. Just put it on the line. Just going against the street guy, it's just not going to happen. Also, I guess everything else that's going on, following the All-Star, I mean, if anything, I probably got the East to take this. I mean, just because, I mean, the West, they got a couple of players, though. I mean, but the drive from the East, when you got uh, Guyanis, Jimmy Butler, uh, Trey Young, but it's kind of different because they're doing the picks. I wish they could just go back to just the East versus the West, so that way they can actually just have their own side and just have the battle. I think this one is just kept pretty much giving them the advantage, and then you get in the favor votes. I wish they could just go back to the original voting just from East to West. That way we can get the old classic playoff games or the old classic NBA games that we get. Just um, even – like the Pro Bowl that's coming on today. And I was mentioning um, earlier to Mr. Jones and uh, Sean Taylor made that spectacular hit. Like, everybody remembers yeah. that. Hold on. Let's go back a little bit, though. So you say you want it the old way it is now? The reason I say no is because it's not balanced no more. So if it was East versus West this year, do you know these dudes going to be playing LeBron, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, James Harden. Hell no. 
Niggas will lose by 50 damn near. Nah. I mean, I like Giannis and them too, but come on. You got Kawhi, AD, and LeBron on the same squad. That's not fair. And especially if they played it real competitively, defense. That defense is incredible. Them three alone. Not even including the backcourt. That would be crazy for the East. But I would like to see the East hoop together because I think them youngins would be exciting with Trey Young and Giannis and them. They'd be exciting to watch them. They have highlights. But we're talking about also, competitive games. You, you got a couple of people that you're missing too. Like if they was help, healthy, I would say they would also have Kyrie and uh, KD. Yeah, but Kyrie, ain't he? Not really a fan of Kyrie right now. That dude, that dude yeah. been doing a lot of talking. I think the whole NBA. He's not winning, though. He's not winning, and he's talking. That's a problem. And then he said something. I don't want to misquote him or nothing, but he said something about even if we had KD, we wouldn't be in a better position or something like that. I'm like, bro, they got you. Why are you trying to put it on your team? You're not leading them, bro. Like, come on, Kyrie. <laughs> Which is true. So yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I'm a little, a little upset at Mr. Irving right now. He's been on that BS. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're not. They've been giving him a lot of backlash. I mean he need to actually step up and um, live up to his potential that he supposedly is supposed to have. I just think that he he's having that factor of. Of being that no, star, of not being able to carry a team. It's like we talked about with, uh, with Pops earlier, Big Sam. It's the ego True. thing, man. And he made a mistake when his ego got in the way with LeBron. He wasn't ready. He thought he was ready because he won the rings and all that, but he didn't know the sacrifice it takes to be a true leader like LeBron does. And as soon as he started losing, you know, he's pointing fingers and all that. Like, he literally made Boston go for a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals without him for pretty much nothing last year. And now with Kimball Walker, which, let's be honest, he might be a little bit better than Kyrie overall, Kimball Walker. They balling again. So that shows me that the, the – you know, common denominator is your leadership ability. But Kyrie wasn't ready to lead a team. And his ego got in the way. And now, honestly, he's paying for it. And he's getting exposed. He will not be seeing an Uncle Drew too no time soon, bro. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't know, man. They ain't going to count the man out. They ain't going to do him like that. I ain't counting him out either because with KD, you're automatically a first or second seed. <laughs> But he can't do it as the leader by himself. That looks like it's been proven at this point. Keep it real with you. It's proven. He's not really, you know what I mean, the perennial leader that he thought he was going to be. And honestly, part of it is family. I'm pretty sure, you know, his folks was getting in his ear about LeBron and all of that. They kind of feel that I'm not gonna say jealousy, but that desire to want to be the man. Because I mean, let's be real. He came into the NBA thinking he was gonna be the man, and then all of a sudden, 
Oh my god, the voice is out. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I yeah. got drafted. Yeah, the voice is out. I hear it. Oh my god. They ain't wasting no time in the DMV. I hear you. <laughs> but yeah, the whole Kyrie thing, you know, he thought he was going to be the man, and all of a sudden, LeBron, I want to come back to Cleveland. <laughs> so that's got one this whole little thing to begin with, but. At the end of the day, though, he don't got nobody to blame but himself for all of this. Because his ego got in the way, his pride got in the way, and look where he at now. You feel what I'm saying on that one? <laughs> nah, I mean, I definitely do. I mean, just, I just hopefully he get it together and then maybe be the, the potential star that he can be. I mean, he has support. It's not like he doesn't have a team. I just don't know what his problem is as far as carrying the team. Maybe he's injury prone. Maybe he can't give all that 100%. And maybe he knows that. Or maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe he really doesn't feel like he's the man anymore. So, I think it's a combination of both. Because, I mean, even upon getting drafted, he only played like 10 games in college because he was hurt. That one season he played, I mean, and then he's been bad with injury throughout his career. So I can think, I think that's pretty much, you know, part of the deal as well. But I mean, to keep it, to keep it, you know, basketball and all that, you know, Zion. Nah, I'm about to say, man, we should, oh. Oh yeah, finally, yeah. We can go ahead and talk about my man. He came back on the what was that, the twenty second? Came back Wednesday. Thursday. Now, did you watch the game? Um, to be honest with you, I watched the game. It was very slow for the first couple of quarters. And I did not watch the rest. And I was so disappointed because the fourth quarter was the best quarter. <laughs> Just magic. So that dude in the span of that dude the span of like four minutes dropped seventeen straight points for his team. But you know what made it stand out though? Oh my god, he needs he needs some lift on his jumper. Those set shots ain't gonna work forever. So they're gonna start respecting that. But that dude made four threes in a row. Now y'all wasn't shooting like that in high school and college, bro. That might be scary for the NBA. And then he got the I mean, display also. Also, stand I mean, out. He's he going to have to shoot. Yeah. He can't he keep on survive. running down. The, he can't come on. Yeah, of course. I mean, think about it. Like, he weighs like 280, something like that, 260. He look, man, he looked he look three, look 300. <laughs> he looked 300. Man, he, he, he's, a, he's the most unorthodox size of an NBA player that plays in the game right now in this position and does the things that he do. So, for him to condition his body, he's going to have to get those outside jumpers. Or maybe a stop a stop and go. Or just anything else just than taking a booze and going to the crashing the boards every night. Because you're going to have to crash the boards and then also I know he's going to get a lot of chase downs, but on offense, 
you may just want to rely on maybe having a jumper so that way you can condition your body as well. Or at least you can probably maybe drop some of the weight and that way you can be more physical. They don't have oh, to worry about the weight there. Well, the physical part I'm not worried about. Cause I think he's going to bang most of the NBA down low. That's a sharp kid. I mean, think about every beat. other big, big man that was a monster and then their knees or ankles end up giving out after a while. I mean, if you want to compare to anybody as far as body types, he's Sean Kemp. Plays like him and all of that. But the thing is, when Sean Kemp first came in the league, he was a little bit more fit, slimmer, you know what I mean? Like Zion's Everybody was slimmer. Nobody's ever, you can't compare him to nobody in the league. Now, he's like down getting a rebound and put back, he might already be the fastest in the NBA at that. And he kind of showed that. But let's be honest, though. Without that fourth quarter, that would have been disastrous for Zion. He was not having a good game until that fourth quarter. He wasn't. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's coming off an injury and he's limited. Now, one thing I wish I could have seen is for him to actually finish that game. Because I think it was a good possibility. He probably would have completed that comeback, too. You said it. I said it again. I think, I think, he, I think he would have completed that comeback. One thing I did not like is how they didn't let Zion finish the fourth quarter. I would have let him finish the game, personally. I mean, but he was only limited to 18 minutes, so – Probably why they didn't let him finish. They didn't want to overpush him. Exactly. I feel it, but even Zion himself said, I mean, you got to let him work. You got to see if it works. I probably would have let him finish the game personally, but you know how that is with GMs, contracts, and all of that. As a coach, you can't really do what you want to do in that situation, especially when it comes to limiting the star. You feel what I'm saying? But let's be honest, though. It's not Zion's team. He's going to have to earn that team. Because right now, Brandon Ingram is the man in New Orleans. <laughs> Brandon Ingram is having an incredible season there. And on the oh. low, people ain't talking. It's, uh, it's Mark Spears. Nah, so is Mark Spears his coach? No, it's, Al- it's Alvin Gentry. All right, so maybe this is the quote from him. Because Zion was saying, he's like, please, he's like, please don't take me out. I'm going to win a game for us. And I, I'm glad, I'm I'm believing that his coach said I don't have a choice if I can leave you. He's like I can leave you in, but you'll have a new coach in the morning. So I think he was very limited to the time that he can play. Oh no doubt, no doubt. I'm pretty sure. Cause that would been disastrous. I mean, one game compared the rest of your damn season. I mean, you know what I mean. But like we always do when we speculate on this show, man. How you think? Oh yeah, Zion... yeah, he actually did say it on Thursday. But go ahead. Yeah. So next, yeah. So next, what do you think his season going to be going forward? How you think Zion going to finish out this year and possibly in the future? Ah. Uh... 
I'm just waiting to see. I really can't speculate on that. I think if anything, if he can show that he can stay healthy, then he'll have a promising career. If he can't stay healthy, it's going to be a dangerous road for him. And it's just oh. going to be, and and I hate to say it, it's just going to be one of those prospects that could have been great, but never had the time to been great because due to injuries, because they were so eager to play versus conditioning themselves to last long enough to play. Okay, point. But let me uh, position it so you can have more of an aggressive answer. So, if healthy, barring injuries, where do you see Zion in the next three years as far as being the best in the NBA, being a mid-class, or being an all-star, or just a plain all-star? Uh, healthy Zion, definitely top. Five. Mm, top five. I would say definitely top five. Because I can. LeBron will retire. Yeah, of course. Uh, LeBron's going to retire. Then also you have um, KD coming off his injury. Um, You got Kawhi. Kawhi, You got Trey coming back. um, Luca. Um, Yeah, of course. Curry. I mean, Thompson. And then also, shoot, which I'm not surprised. I, I, they already talking about it. Like, Bronny Jr. Like, I don't know when he's coming in, but that may be within, like, the next couple of years or so because I keep on seeing it. Yeah, but and I'm not sure where he's at. So. The metal ball, right now, the metal balls we got to look at, though. Which is true. So, like, but no, I, being, but just his impact in the game before I go left, his impact in the game and his style of playing. If he can stay, like, how he is and then develop a jump or two, uh, he's going to be dangerous. He's literally going to be, like, one of the best players in the league. So, Zion, I agree. But the thing with Zion is that set shot got to go because I think the more he makes it, he's new. So, they're trying to see if he can really shoot on that. Now they find it out, hmm, he can make a couple of more, couple of more, you know what I mean? He won't have to, he won't have hands in his face. He won't have to put some lift in that jumper. He has elevation, but it's form. Because that little six inch hop in that shot, somebody gonna send that to the other side of the bleachers, bro. Like people like Kawhi ain't playing games with him on defense. He can't shoot that shot shot. He's gonna have to put some lift in that jumper though. But I think in the post, especially his position, because I think they got him playing the three. He already the strongest three in the league, other than LeBron. He's gonna be he's gonna eat in the post, offensive rebounds, putbacks. I mean, yeah, plays. because of his size, well, like he, he's dominant. He, like, he, like come and, on, and, man! And, like, who's really checking you, man? So you're right. Like, he's seriously. pretty much a jump. He's already like a jumper away from being unguardable. <laughs> pretty much. He's already a jumper away from being unguardable. Like, as soon, soon as you step at the post, it's pretty much just, like, the same way LeBron do. He, he goes to the post. He looks, all right, either I'm going to hit this J in your face or I'm just going to run full force to the rim and we'll try to get a foul. It's only a selected few people 
that's willing to step in front of this man, why he's going to do that. And another thing, too. This guy, way, I, I don't know, man. I wouldn't want to be the guy that's trying to get the foul off of him or take a charge or even just to get in his way while he's coming full force, coming and about to yam to the rim or either just anything. So, I don't know. But then, like, that goes into what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how many times she's going to be able to do that because of his weight. But you forget another key factor, though. He's a decent passer. Because at one point in high school, they had him running the point. He has decent vision. He can pass the ball. So that would help him out, too. Pretty much how Shaq used to do, like, young Shaq in his career, man. He had somebody in the post here, see him, no look behind the back joint, over the shoulder, easy play. You'll probably see a lot of that from Zion, too. Like, ain't nothing but upside for this for this dude. The only thing is, he got to stay healthy. That's all. He got to stay healthy. But, yeah, man, what's the next thing we want to get into, man? Want to talk about this power bullshit? Uh, nah, man. I'm just going to keep it running, keep it sports, man. Um, if anything, shoot, we can get off of this. We can just go ahead and do the recap of uh, last week uh, NFL. Oh. I mean, keep it short and sweet. Oh, yeah, keep a short story short. It was two games that happened, and it was two ass whippings. That's pretty much it. Kansas City do what Kansas City does. Then let's be honest, San Francisco pretty much show what they do all season. They show the heart of a champion, and they played incredible defense. They had Aaron Rodgers out there shut down. But one thing, what knock I got on Aaron Rodgers, if you notice, that dude do not know how to have. Motion, like facially, like yeah, he definitely you doesn't. can tell. Yeah, you can tell when he's like mad or frustrated, <laughs> and that's never a good. I mean, if anything, I mean, I think if if he can work more of a. Uh, on his discount, this uh, what was it? Uh, discount double check uh, acting skills on the field. I think that can mask a lot of his mistakes that he known that's probably either his or not his. So that way he doesn't look like the target or the victim after he probably had a bad play or anything else happens. But I definitely agree with what you're saying, and I thought it was pretty much going to be the classic scenario and I remember me, you, and uh, MT was talking about it and how they made Riggett and Green Bay and the Chiefs may be in the finals, but this game actually proved like who was the actual better team and with that just being said, 49ers actually did uh, did actually do they do uh I guess the uh 
Green Bay Packers, I guess. Aaron Rodgers and the Bulls. Yeah. That was a tough L, too. They got destroyed. They got dominated. But, yeah, though, I mean, we'll talk about the Super Bowl predictions and all that next week. But overall, man, it's been a decent playoffs. First round was pretty exciting. Second round, we had upset. The championship games, I mean, it was whipping, but. There was say, only really one upset. Like, we, we all know who was going to win against the, you know, between the Titans and the Chiefs. Like, we know that. We just didn't know it was going to be a blowout. Like, that's the only thing that kind of threw us off. It was like, okay, we didn't expect this shit to happen, but all right. But um, the more, like, the game that we was expecting was actually between uh, the Packers and uh, the 49ers. So. But moving on anyway, man. Might as well get in the MLB. And also the title of the show. There's always one. And why there's always one is because there's always one person just to mess up or just be uh, going against the grain for no apparent reason. Man, and let's keep it case, real. They be hating and they be fucking shit up. Let's keep it real. Oh, we're going to pull up before we talk about this. Just give me a second to pull me a shot so we can get ready to talk about this shit. Because this pisses me off. But as you explain it, I'll go ahead and take my shot, brother. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Seriously. So, um, for those that didn't know, uh, I believe the other day, Derek Jeter was elected in the Hall of Fame, which is long waiting, and nobody with any doubt in their mind thought that he would get elected uh, pretty much uh, hands down and nobody voting against him. And which we haven't seen that, which I think only maybe one or two other people ever done in the history of the, the franchise. So, with that being said, there was always that one person that just felt as though that they would want to give him the vote, which sparked a lot of controversy uh, on social media and fans everywhere. They were pretty much just trying to put up a mass parade party and say, hey, who is this one guy that didn't put up this vote? Now, I don't have the guy name, which I don't really even want to actually pronounce his name because I'm scared for that guy because everybody's really on the lookout for him. He a red box reporter, hating ass nigga. Allow me to take about five minutes as fast real quick if you mind. Go ahead and take a little break here as I break shit down. Now, this is a travesty, this is appalling, this is asinine, this is bullshit. Derek Jeter, better known as the world as the Capitan, El Capitan, that dude played 20 years in the MLB for the biggest media organization in sports and never had a controversy. No steroids, none of that. And you know what's crazy about Jeter and what makes him so great? 
because he wasn't never the most athletic on the field. He was always the hardest working and the smartest. And that's why his career was so long. That's why you see all the clutch moments on offense and defense, game-winning home runs in the playoffs. I mean, hell, his 3,000th hit was a fucking home run. The plays he made on defense, like that legendary play when he dabbed in the bleachers in the playoffs, messed that, messed that handsome face up, man, just to go all out for that, that game. And then let's talk about off the field for a minute. That dude is legendary. Out of all the people in the history of sports, that dude game might be number one, bro. That dude had all these relationships in New York, all these celebrities in and out, signing them NDAs, dropping them cell phones before they go in the mansion. And you know what happened? Never had controversy, never had a bitter ex come out against him or nothing. He rose like how a true baller should rose. And on top of that, let's be honest, out of all-time great Yankees, he's probably not even top five. But if we talk about the leader, he might be the best leader in Yankees history, damn near sports history. From all the personalities over the years to, you know, your Bernie Williams, your Roger Clemens, your Alex Rodriguez, your Jorge Posadas were there, Mariano Rivera was there forever. But you know who stood the test of time and always had that C on his chest and acted like it? For the Yankees, by the way. I can't say it enough about New York media. He did it with class, and it was Derek Jeter. And for that one stupid, ignorant motherfucker that wants to be different and wants to deprive the man from reaching his true greatness, decided not to vote him in. And by the way, while ranting, this is a little bit random, but it's not off topic. Something that the MLB, for all you people that made my heart drop, is for people that are deceased or people that were formerly bad in the MLB would never get an opportunity to go back in or get voted for once they lose eligibility. And you know who's reaching their seventh year of eligibility? You only get 10 before you're on the MLB, by the way. It is the great Barry Bonds and the great Roger Cummins because this quote-unquote Balco investigation. Before Barry Bonds even hit a steroid, Barry Bonds was already a fucking Hall of Famer. And for them people not to vote that man in when he's probably like top five all time in MLB history, the best hitter you ever see. Let me tell you about how great Barry Bonds was in hitting it was in the freaking playoffs. The bases is loaded. Barry Bonds come up to the plate. Do you know what they did? They intentionally walked that man. They literally sacrificed a run because they didn't want Barry Bonds to hit that ball. When it comes to plate discipline and hand-eye coordination, which steroids don't help you with, it's still hard to tell to hit the ball on steroids. Ask people like Jason Giambi, who averages yeah. probably 235 plus. That dude continued to show greatness with his on-base percentage. His slugging percentage probably would never be broken, yet this man in in the Hall of Fame. Rogers Clemens might be one of the best pitchers of all time, and we're talking about three decades of greatness. We're talking about his prime maybe in the late 80s with Boston. We're talking about his time with the Astros in the the, um, late 90s and all that. 
and then the Yankees as well, making it to the World Series and everything, and winning it in 2000. What is wrong with wrong with the Hall of Fame and its biasness? Period. It's a shame and it's a travesty. And shit, people need to be called out. Because if Barry Bonds do not make the Hall of Fame, it doesn't. It, it's not credible to me anymore. Now, okay, I know the whole shoeless Joe Jackson in the early 1900s rigging games and all that. I see why you don't put him in. Even Pete Rose, even though he deserved to be in there, he's still the all-time hit leader, for Christ's sake. You know who's number two on that list? Ty Cobb. You know, when the last time Ty Cobb played a game, I want to say late 1930s, and that man broke that record. And it not, hasn't been broken since. I think he broke that in the late 70s, maybe early 80s. So you pretty much say Pete Rose is never going to be a Hall of Famer, even though he's an all-time hit leader. I know he betted on his team and all of that. But come on, man. Y'all got to show some type of forgiveness and all of that. Y'all got to show some type of knowledge to know, even before the speculation of Barry Bonds getting big and on steroids, he was already a Hall of Famer. Shame on baseball. Because I'm going to be honest. But do you think that's going to hold him back forever, though? Yes. And I'm already crying tears about it, personally, as a sports fan. Yes. Yes. I don't even want to recognize that he's an all-time home run hitter. But they give it to Mark McGuire, who was proven to use steroids when he hit 70 and 98. They, don't even, they want to put an asterisk beside 73, but they don't want to put an asterisk on 70. You see how that shit works. Yes, it is going to hold him back, unfortunately. Roger Clemens, too. And that's a shame. It really is. And you know what's crazy? MLB, honestly, is my favorite Hall of Fame. It's the most credible to me. They go by a strict set of numbers. If you meet them numbers, you're in it. But that's not being the case anymore. It's the media trying to show power and, honestly, prejudice towards certain people. Barry Bonds is a prime example. I think the media that's all I got. has always been, or at least over the last maybe probably 10 years or so, has been a very strong, I guess, advocate of opinions uh, as far as folks go of Beagle being, I guess, legends to Hall of Famers or even being great. It's all about what they status and what appeals to the next eye. I don't know. I don't think it goes by the rules anymore that they actually set. Like numbers. Because nah, you got to think, people get more athletic, people get better over the years, so is 500 home runs is still going to be the benchmark? I mean, a good way to segment. Game. A good way to, I guess, segment this into, you know, Eli Manning retiring. Like, Oh, we got time. Would that be even in consideration? And if you All want right, to think Juice, about that's numbers. Let's have a flashback, Juice. Now, remember the last time okay. we talked about the Hall of Fame, me, you, and MT. Remember the point that I said the Hall of Fame is not about numbers anymore? I think we were discussing maybe when they did the MLB finalists, maybe. But I said it's not about numbers anymore or even greatness. It's about moments. And honestly, that's the only reason why Eli Manning is getting in. Let's be honest. 
one out of the last eight seasons he made the playoffs. He's a career 500 starter. He led the league in interceptions four times in his career. And honestly, yeah. if you was a division rival, you always had a chance to beat the Giants. I used to love playing Eli. So numbers-wise, I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame right away. But you know why he's going to be in the Hall of Fame? Because he beat Tom Brady two times in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady don't got eight. And let's keep it real. It was two, I'm not going to say lucky, but it was two all-time great plays why he even got them Super Bowls. One is that crazy-ass David Tyree catch for holding the football in his helmet. And the other one was that, that awesome throw to Mario Manningham out of nowhere. And that's why he's going to make the Super Bowl, because of two plays. I mean, not the Super Bowl, but the Hall of Fame because of two plays. What is your take on Eli Manning? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you kind of covered it, but, I mean, just the key points that make him, like, a worthy candidate. I mean, he's still one of one of the NFL receivers. I mean, me, uh, quarterbacks are still, like, top seven in his career, like, passing yards. Um, also, yeah. touchdown passes and completions. So, even with that, that's pretty decent. I mean – with the wins over Brady, that was phenomenal. I mean, when you look at somebody that always was a contender in the Super Bowl and you went against them, I mean, and that's be that's impressive to have on your resume. Yeah, but Michael Strahan did a lot of that work. Let's keep it real, too. That first one, that defense, Michael Strahan and them, they, they earned that. They gave him that. He did finish the drive with the pass to Plastico. You know what I mean? And the second one, let's be honest, Wes Walker should have dropped that damn ball. If Wes Walker would have caught that pass, that would have been game. But and Then it's like, I don't know. And then it's the thing that, that also worries me is he's 50-50 in regular season. Like, bruh, he's basically yeah. pretty much that even. Well, and then he honest, has, like, no all-pro selections. So. Yeah, but let's keep it real, though. It's people that did less that's in the Hall of Fame because of moments. Sort of like the Broadway Joe Namens of the world. And even Terry Bradshaw, his numbers was horrible. And he got four Super Bowl rings. That's why he in there. So, I mean, should he be first ballot? No. Will he be first ballot? Yeah. He's a Manning. Duh. But I don't think that should be the ultimate criteria. And then, let me keep it real. It makes me push my narrative even more. If Eli Manning gets in the Hall of Fame first ballot, why the fuck can Michael Vick not be in there? He he, he revolutionized the game, bro. He's the reason why you see these Lamar Jacksons and all that showing out right now. He has the most. Oh, no, he didn't. He didn't beat he a Tom Brady, though, in the Super Bowl. But he beat a Brett Favre in Lambeau Field his first playoff game. He he has moments. The comeback against the Giants to go to the playoffs that year, when he's down 21, and he came back off the quickness, and Deshaun Jackson finished that off. He has moments. That's why I'm not, I'm not, I'm not far off. 
He might not get in there first year, second, third, fourth, maybe fifth. But he's going to get in there before that before the eligibility is done. I guarantee it. If Eli Bannon go in there first ballot, Michael Vick is going in there. Brother. I guarantee it at this point. Because at this point, to be pretty much the definition of mediocre is being, you know, average. And when you have a 500 record, that is the pretty much the epitome of average. So, yeah. Should he be a Hall of Famer? Maybe not right away, but the fact he beat Brady twice, he's getting in there right away. Sad to say. I mean, but shout out to him. He's another dude like Derek Jeter, was the leader of a New York-based organization for a long time and showed nothing but class. And honestly, they treated Eli wrong on the way out the door, especially that day when they benched him last year for freaking Geno Smith. And then, I mean, to Eli point two. I mean, he but he was that, playing like trash. Like, so what do you expect? You wanted to keep on running with him and you playing Well, then again, I I can't say that say, he has played like know, trash and then came back and won yeah, and went to the Super, Super Bowl. So. Exactly. Bruh. If that's supposed to be your legend, you don't let your legend go out like that. You think Brett Favre would ever let a dude bitch him? Hell no. And he played like shit for the Jets. They didn't go bitch Brett? No. So, like, bruh. They did him dirty. And then the coaches he had, oh, my God. Let's be honest. And then I think it was more of a a business move, too. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, they probably wasn't selling seats because they already knew what it was. And Geno Smith was supposed to do that? That was bullshit. (laughs) I mean, it's smart controversy. They're like, oh, what what, what is he going to do? I mean, Geno Smith did have a nice little name for for himself, but... Nah, you know Gino Smith though for talking shit and getting his jaw broke. That's what he's known for by his teammates. <laughs> Honestly. That's what he's known for to me. Talking shit and getting his jaw broke. <laughs> That's pretty much how he lost his first job. <laughs> Which is crazy. Um, yeah, and then he was Beyond the bar, like <laughs> garbage. I mean, but what's your thoughts on Eli, though? Do you think he he's going to be first ballot? Do you think he deserves to be first ballot? Okay, do he deserve to be first ballot? No. Um, is he going to be first ballot? Uh, I'm kind of split on that because, yes, we, like you said, we all know that it's based off his monumental, his name and his monumental statuses of what he did to get those two those two championships and everything else. But other than that, I mean, I will probably say second. But yeah, that's I just my guess. I think you will get in right away, but I mean, shit, we got like five minutes left, man. We actually wrapped the whole show. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? 
Nah, if anything, uh, to be honest, I mean, we'll probably cover it next week, but I want to talk about power and then, like, how those two leaks, they may actually be different from the Stars edit cut that actually got leaked recently. And what you got to think about that? I hope so, because that was a dry-ass ending. I ain't going to spoil it for the people watching next week, but for that scene, that was a dry-ass ending. It seemed very rushed. But I ain't going to lie, the episode of the night, though, the one with Tate, that might have been one of my favorite episodes. I was looking at him actually being Larry's Tate for real now. <laughs> he was carrying shit. I ain't going to lie, he was carrying shit. <laughs> he yeah, shorty, I ain't going to lie. He said, maybe if you got time, you can catch an Uber with Ramona. <laughs> Straight played that joint. I like that, though. Tate got a shine at the end of the day. Tate showed these niggas really what's up. But the episode last he week. He definitely played into his role. The episode was I right last week. It's just, you know, the whole Tommy, man. Can't shoot a dude with an AR that's five six or five four, but can shoot a dude point blank out of a car window with a damn handgun like he James Bond through the glasses, like it's the Godfather and shit. I mean, maybe it's just better <laughs> with handguns and not uh, automatic, but <laughs> I guess James Bond. Put in trunk. But nah, that's crazy. I just think uh, I'm trying to think like would it be uh, different? And they actually use the end. Trying to think if it would be different, and uh, actually, uh, towards the end, they'll actually go into the second power, which is a uh, ghost, the spinoff. Because I'm interested in how they're going to use Mary J. Blige. Is she going to be the main character? Or is she just one of the characters that's in the the spinoff series? And then, like, well, how would, how does it branch to anything? Because it's called Ghost. So, it's not Maybe, really you know, that's giving folks, me details. Maybe that's folks, that's Ma Deuce or something. Very curious to see how that's going to play out, too. But... They say she got a uh, predominant role, though, on that joint. But yeah, man, let's close things out, though. Got a busy life All right, today. man. Of course, man. How about I say, if anything, I appreciate everybody just listening to the show. Make sure you check out our uh, Facebook page, which is Too Much Show official page. Check out our YouTube, uh, Too Much Show, just one word. Type it in, you'll find us. And then also check out our Instagram as well, too much show official page as well. And then, you know, check us out on the playback on Apple and the Android podcast app. It's me signing off, just the truth. And then also, Mr. Jones, aka Sam Jones, and Mr. Come First, because you got to respect me. Have a good one, everybody. Peace. <laughs>